Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Proud Rev podcast. I'm your host, Dada Veda Pragyananda, or Dada Veda, as some people call me. And I'm here today, once again, forced by the, the circumstances of, of immediate events to discuss an important topic, I feel. So the events which um, have propelled me to get in, in front of the microphone again are the, um, the massive weather disaster in, in Texas, and a, a natural disaster, and although if you go into the causes of that, maybe it's not natural, but that's, we're not going to debate that now, but there's a human-made disaster, which is the, the failure of the, the energy grid there in Texas to um, work properly, and then even in the aftermath, um, it's predatory uh, behavior in, in, in jacking up the energy bills of, of the people who, who tried to keep warm and save themselves. So it's a major disaster that happened there where um, people were not able to, to um, have the basic necessities of life. And it's something that could have been prevented because uh, energy installations work around the world in, in very extreme situations. Like, for instance, um, the green energy was being blamed by some Texas Republicans, but um, the fact is that even uh, in Antarctica, there are windmills that work, and there are windmills that work in, in, in northern climes and northern parts of the U.S., but there was no provision in Texas for the weatherization of the, um, the energy um, grid, the energy uh, producing uh, facilities that exist in that state. And one of the reasons for that is that there was no regulation of that industry. It's just a, oh, it's wild west. It's in the west and it's the wild west. And it's the Lone Star State too. And there's a tremendous um, idea of um, independence that exists in in Texas, that spirit of independent, and the the grid was um, completely sealed off, or not it didn't have access to the to tap the um, energy resources of of other parts of the U.S. And that was a conscious choice that has been made. So the result is is an unprecedented disaster. We don't even know how many um, people have died from it, and, and certainly many people have suffered. And not only that, people have. There was one um, instance of a report in the New York Times of a man who's, or a person, I'm not sure, I can't remember if it was a man or a woman or what, it doesn't matter, um, who was ch whose energy prices, um, uh, energy, because the prices go up. This is an extreme, you know, situation of, of uh, market, um, uh, market determination of the prices. So there was a tremendous demand. And so when he finally did get some energy, that he, he had an energy bill of 16000 um, dollars. And then I was listening to a segment of Democracy Now! with one woman who is speaking about how her, she has an $11,000 energy bill as a result of just trying to um, keep warm in, in this um, you know, extreme cold. Now, re regarding the cause of the, um, of the weather uh, irregularity, you know, the, the polar vortex coming down to all, and bringing air to Texas and all that, um, that's certainly up for the debate, but many people say that the um, the warming of the, of the 
Arctic region is responsible for the disruption of the of the streams of uh, wind streams in the polar region, and that's why that cold air from from the polar region went as far south as as Texas. But that's that's a subject for another um, another podcast. But right now the question is, how can we be prepared? For, for different kind of um, things like, and this is not the first time it happened. Ten years ago, there was also um, a, a, a very deep cold spell that hit in that region too. So the question is, what could be done? So immediately, a lot of people would say, well, it was a deregulated market. Let's make it regulated. So that's the idea. Let's make it regulated. Let's put more regulations on it. But my opinion is that the regulation it will be a band-aid, and it really cannot work. Because you think about regulation, what is that? Regulation is when the government tries to um, put some rules on some actors in the economy. But the problem is, is that if those actors are giant actors, those, those agents are giant agents, they end up controlling the government. So that's really the whole problem of of like you want to have a nice version of capitalism, you know, a, a civilized version of it. It can never be civilized because the government itself is under the control of the people who we're, we're trying to civilize, we're trying to put in order these people, they, but they're the ones who ultimately end up controlling government through the, um, it's through the, the system of, of um, donations, buying the, the vote, the vote is bought. It's a weighted system, it's not a, you know, equal um, thing. You know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington like that. You know, just some poor, some good guy from the the public. We can we can raise our voice and we can be heard. And no, it's not. We're not equal actors. So I I feel that's not going to work in the long run, and it won't solve the problems. And that's why I always come back. This is my I don't know my third or fourth podcast um, on this issue um, that we have to look now at certain kinds of activities which are vital for society. These are what we call, um, you can call them the key industries. I also like to call it the public sector. There are certain, there is an arena of activities where this um, supply and demand, the market forces and the rugged individualism, they just don't work in that place. There are certain interests, uh, when there are public interests involved, you can't leave that to a private actor. So, so this is the thing. So that's why in this, this uh, solution or the, the remedy or the policy that Prout proposes is that when we have the key industries in this public sector, these activities should not be in private hands. Private meaning by corporations of, uh, or individuals, but usually it's big corporations. These should not be in those hands. These activities should come under the jurisdiction of the public, my, the immediate government, the state government. It should be government-managed, and publicly owned. It, those assets should be owned by the public. And the decisions should be made in the public interest, not in the interest of, of immediate profit. 
So to weatherize the facilities of, of Texas may not have been profitable, but it may have been um, necessary. It was. We saw how it was necessary. And if it was necessary, then if, the inter- if um, an enterprise is run in this, the um, idea of public interest, then that weatherization could have been done. But when, when a company is looking for the immediate profit, they won't go to weatherization. And that's what happened. So we have to decide now who's going to make these kind of decisions about the future of, of energy and even the future of the planet. You know, we're talking about, I said it, we wouldn't go into it too much, but if it's true that um, that disruption of the, the streams in the Arctic is caused by warming, we have to... D- Look at that, how, who is causing the warming, how is the warming caused, and we can't let these issues be decided by um, biased interests. So if a company is in the fossil fuel business, and then you tell them that, well, your fossil fuels is, is really causing some of the problems, we can't expect them to be impartial um, actors and oh, oh yeah, and then to say, yeah, okay, we won't um, do anything bad because it's against your interest. So... The, the actual decisions should be made by the public. So that's why on, on the, you know, the concept of proud, that these kind of activities, whether it be mineral extraction, production of energy, um, transportation, communication, these are key activities, key industries. These belong under public jurisdiction. The um, idea in proud is that some form of a, a immediate government, not the central government would be in charge. But in any case, it, it should be the public. The public should uh, decide. And, and the decisions should not be made strictly on immediate um, profit, but also on the long-term public interest. So this is um, the concept of the three-tier economy. In Proud, they have the idea, we have the idea of the public sphere or the key industries on the public management, and then the vast swath of, of enterprises would end up becoming cooperatives where the, we'd have economic democracy in the workplace. It means that if you work in an activity, you work in a factory, you work in a company, you'll also have a vote in the um, management of that, the determination of the management of that enterprise. So we'd have economic democracy. And then there is a sphere where uh, activities are smaller and they don't have the whole society, you know, they don't, they don't affect the whole society. Their private enterprise can flourish, let it exist. So this is how we see it. And I think um, we're being forced now by nature to move in this direction. We're, we're seeing many problems now that cannot be solved by, um, you know, the... the capitalists or the financiers, the normal um, titans of industry who you, they were heroes of, of capitalism to come and save us because they have an interest. Their interest is their profit and profit doesn't always um, follow public interest. So, th- so we're being forced to it. Now, you know, I know, um, I know that whenever... Um, this option, this possibility is raised. The boogeyman of government is here. 
Oh, you want government to control? So, so people don't like government. Okay, I understand. But do you have the warm and fuzzies for the, the corporate interests, the corp corporations? Are you, do you have a big warm and fuzzy feeling towards your, your friend in ExxonMobil and, and all these other big companies? Are they really the ones who are going to look out for you? So that's my um, query. If, if you don't you don't trust the government, but you trust these corporations and corporations who don't work according to public interest, they work according to their their um, pocket the, and their pocket of their um, shareholders. And the, and the shareholders are not little guys, you know. Out in this, the shareholders are big interests. There are very few people who who have big stakes, uh, although many people have market um, shares, but, but the real real controllers of these corporations are big interests. So do you have the warm and fuzzies with the big interests, or, or are you going to take a chance? We have to take a chance on the government. If the government doesn't do a good job, then we we throw them out. But you can't throw out the corporate interests. You don't have any say of it. It's not a democracy. So that's why we you know, who follow or who believe in the concept of the, the three-tier economy, say this is really one of the areas of, it's really a first concern. That's why I've been um, returning to this issue several times in this um, series of podcasts over the last few years, that I think this is the first area of, of change that's going to take place in the economy, is that the, we're going to finally wake up and see that, you know, there are certain activities where private enterprise is not suited, and where public um, ownership and management is the best solution. So that's why I say also, it's silly to argue over, oh, this is socialism, or this is communism, or this is that. No, let's not argue like that. Let's just look at the economy, at the activities, and let's, let's decide which works best where, which activity activity is fit for public management and which activity would be better suited by private and which activity would work best in a cooperative mode. And I think if we can shift to that kind of thinking, we can avoid a lot of unnecessary argument and we can come to a solution quicker because we have to come to the solution or else we're going to have more activities, you know, like, like in tank more tragedies like in Texas. And then also the, under um, this kind of a system, then there's nobody going to be left with a $11,000 energy bill and this, or $16,000 energy bill. There's nobody who's going to um, have a giant bill because he went out and she went out to get tested for COVID. So we have to find out which activities should can work best with a public ownership and management and which activities belong in the private sphere and which activities work in the cooperative sphere. And I think that if we follow this kind of mode of, of thinking, that we're going to have a very good result. You know, and the economy that will be built <clears throat> on that basis will be an ideal one. So anyway, that's my my two or three cents on the the tragedy of Texas and um, how we can overcome it. So everything that I said is, is based on um, the progressive utilization theory, PROUD, and you can find out more about it on our websites, 
proudalliance.org or proud.info, I-N-F-O. These are two websites where you can find more information about Proud. And one thing I want to also alert you to, I recently wrote a very brief, concise book, more booklet, you can call it, it's so small. It's called Proud Explained. So if you go to the major booksellers now, um, you can find it. Later, I hope to have an option on our proudalliance.org website where you can buy the book directly. So now you have to go through um, some unnameable giant corporate giants. You know who they are. But just you search for Proud Explained um, by Dada Veda Pragyananda and just do your best. Just Proud Explained, I think, will get you there. And you'll see my booklet. And that booklet is a, a great launching pad, I believe, for learning more about Proud and its um, approach to solving problems such as the one in Texas and so many other um, socioeconomic um, challenges that we're facing in the years ahead. So that's all I wanted to say. Um, if you like this podcast, can keep following us on whatever platform you're listening. Uh, just um, If you can have a subscribe option and subscribe to it. Or just follow our website, proudalliance.org, and you can look at the podcast option. And um, we'll be back with more, because, you know, the um, circumstances are compelling. I had to do this. I'm compelled. When I saw what happened in Texas, I feel compelled that we have to give a better um, solution, possible solution to these kind of situations. So that's all. And I thank you all for listening. And... um, I'll be back with some more, so take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.